Transitioning from military service to the civilian sector can be a bit challenging. I think any of us who have ever gone through that understand that. Everything kind of gets switched up. Who am I? What do I do next? How do I answer questions? How do I know what company to work for? What should my resume look like? All these questions start swimming around in our head. And we and we do what we know to do, which is to work. Uh, we send out countless resumes in hopes of grabbing someone's attention, getting that interview, landing the job, and we expect that the rest will take care of itself, except that it doesn't. Cord Ferry Institute found that 4% of veterans leave their new employer on day one, 44% in year one, and 80% in year two. This isn't good for anybody involved. So we are going to crack the code on the most effective job search methods on today's episode. So welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. And I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Some of you know that we're interviewing some of America's top performing human resource directors, managers, etc. And I'm super excited about today's guest. Uh, to help us unpack today's topic is Stacy McIntosh. She is the human resources director for Nevada Region First uh, Service Residential. She's got 20 years of human resources executive management experience in all major areas of focus within HR. She loves coaching others to be their professional best, and she is an expert in the job search process. She is also the author of the six job search and career advancement books comprising the one hour handbook series and the anti-entrepreneur series. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you, Mike, for providing this service for veterans. And I'm always um, happy to uh, help out veterans and also thank them for their service. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to have you. I mean, one of the things that we face or oftentimes I hear from the field is, uh, how do we get HR to notice us? I mean, we send a resume out, we don't get any feedback, we don't know if what we're doing is right. And to have you on the show, I think is awesome because your experience runs so deep. You've, you're quite accomplished between your books. You've got a long track record of helping other professionals. Um, it seems to me like you're overly ambitious, so I want to cover that first. So tell us your story. Tell us a little bit about who you are. <laughs> well, I'll give you a little bit about my background. I actually started out as a uh, teacher and a um, vice principal in the education sector. And like a lot of people, I found a mentor who really encouraged me to go into human resources. And my story is just a combination of really hard work and um, meeting the right people. I have a real big growth mindset. I like to grow. I like to learn. I like to explore other opportunities. And um, I had always wanted to be a writer. I was an English teacher. And so most frustrated English teachers want to be writers at some point in their career. Oh. And that's exactly uh, what I did. So uh, what I did is a, is really a combination of hard work, but it's also luck. It's about making sure you're in the right place at the right time. But I really do believe you can make that right place and right time happen. Oh, see, there's so much that you said right there. I, I love the fact that you brought up mentorship because that I think is key to... Anybody who's succeeding typically has a mentor or a multiple uh, multiple mentors in their life. Uh, I, I'm sure you believe that, right? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, at one point in my career, I really wanted to be, um, well, I wasn't sure what I wanted to be. I knew that I loved education. I knew that I loved HR type things, but I really didn't know what I could do. Um, and I just had someone who stepped in and said, I think you'd be great for HR and I'll teach you everything I know. And that's exactly what she did. Oh, that is so cool. So let's let's tap this HR knowledge that you have. Uh it, we see it, we hear it. Um, I'm sure you've seen it countless times that people over the years just sh- shotgun their resumes out to employers in hopes of getting hired or getting noticed. Um, I've got to believe that, that probably isn't the best approach at all. Uh, so what is the best approach when trying to get HR to notice people? Well, the reality is I think the approach you're talking about isn't the worst approach. It might not be the very best, but I think in combination with other approaches, um, it is successful. If you think about if you wanted to go out and find a spouse or you wanted to look for the right strategy, you would find everything that you could. In many ways, it is a numbers game. So I wouldn't want to discourage people from sending out their resume to all of the jobs that they think that they're interested in. However, the way that that works best is in combination with a few other strategies. First, making sure that the things that they have on their resume very clearly tie to each job posting they see. So I always call it a, a roving resume, and meaning that you adapt it for each job posting to make sure that the skills that you have are highlighted not just listing jobs. But the second piece of it is getting out there and getting to know people. So many jobs um, are received by people who knew someone, who knew someone, who knew someone. And you still have to be the best and you still have to make sure that you are um, putting your best foot forward and you have a good resume and you do great at interviewing. Um, But the reality is there are so many people who submit their resumes that if you know someone in the company, then leveraging that knowledge and leveraging those, leveraging those connections, either um, from military people who have recently retired or in the um, employment sector, from friends, family, um, all of that's really going to help the job search process and move your resume to the top. So that's interesting. So you're not opposed to... Uh, and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to use the term shotgunning the resume. Uh, you're not opposed to shotgunning the resume as long as it is uh, customized to that specific employer. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That's exactly right. So if we're going to go with the shotgun metaphor, I would say making sure that your target is tailored to what you want to hit. So many people create a resume and they say, here was my last job and here's what I did in my last job. Um, Not terrible, but what you really want to do is say, here was my last job. And when you list what you did in your last job, you make sure that the things that you list first and that you highlight are skills and responsibilities that are related to the job that you're applying. For. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So what is there a is there a most effective job search method? I mean, you've been in the field for a long time. Uh, you've got this expertise. You've written books on it. Is there is there one method that works better than another? Yeah, and I'm going to uh, probably dodge the question a little <laughs> bit by saying the one method that works better, <laughs> the one method that works better than all the other methods is preparation. You would be amazed at how many people simply just think, hey, I did the work. I am accomplished. I'm a great leader. 
you should hire me. And that doesn't work alone. Alone, that doesn't work. And so um, the other part is a lot of people have not prepared for interviews in employment. Like how many times, I don't know how many times you've interviewed for a job, Mike, but but many most people don't interview for jobs that often. And I'm assuming that when you've been in a military situation, you might have had some interviews, but you also may have not had the type of interviews that you're going to see, the wide variety of interviews you're going to see in the private sector. So it is a skill. And sometimes I think people are ashamed to say, like, I don't interview well, or I don't know how to create the best resume. And what they should be thinking about is, hey, it's a skill like everything else. Every single competency you had to have to move up in rank is exactly a skill. And that's what interviewing is. It's a skill. So I think a lot of people make mistakes of going in blind and not practicing and not practicing out loud for their interview. And just to put it in perspective, um, uh, I recently worked for um, MGM and they laid off all of the vice presidents of human resources um, that were at our properties. And so I had a lot of colleagues who were looking for jobs, including myself um, at the time. And as HR professionals, we were reaching out to each other and say, could you look at my resume? What do you think? So getting that feedback and consistently practicing out loud for interviews is so important. A lot of people don't realize that and in every interview question is like an impromptu speech. So I jokingly give the example that, you know, Miss America doesn't wake up the day of the pageant and say, hey, wonder what that question's going to be. Hope I practice, you know, hope I know what they're going to talk about. She doesn't. She practices and she practices out loud. So for men and women, I say be the Miss or Mr. America in terms of practicing, because every single question you think you're going to get or you might get is like an impromptu question. It is a high stakes impromptu speech. So and that's you, what you said something for. that was pretty interesting to me that it's okay to admit that you might not actually interview well. So if I'm in an interview and you asked, you know, how many times did I interview? Uh, I was an absolute anomaly. I think when I got out of the service, I had 14 different jobs. Uh, because I couldn't figure out who I was. Yeah. I mean, that was my problem. I mean, I was jumping from job to job to job. So I got pretty good at interviewing and landing the job. I just not, I was, I was horrible at staying with a job. <laughs> so that was my problem. <laughs> uh, but are, are you saying it's okay for somebody to just say, Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm super excited about this job, but I, I might not interview. Well, that's okay to admit. <sighs> Well, I actually, no, that's not okay to admit okay. to the employer. I'm glad you asked the question, but it's okay to admit to yourself and to reach out to people that have those resources and can coach you into an interview. Now, from an interview standpoint, I think if you have, you know, maybe one or two or three interviews, you don't get the job and you don't really even think that you were that matched to the job, that's fine. But if you had like seven to 10 interviews, and you're not getting the job, it pretty much means you're not interviewing very well. So it's definitely worth the investment in some sort of either interview coach or um, speaking coach in order to prepare for the interview. So I think the problem, Mike, is people don't admit it to themselves. They say, hey, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to be myself. Um, I don't really care if they like me. They like me. Like, I want the job, but I need to be myself. So when it comes to interviewing, I say, yes, be yourself, but be the most polished, 
practiced, articulate version of yourself that you can put forward because that will. Yeah, I, 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 I want to tackle this preparation because you said, I, I mean, we hear this over and over again, you know, prepare, 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 you know, do your research on the company, et cetera. And if I go back and I look at these numbers, Stacy, and, you know, 4% of veterans leaving their new employer on day one, right? Uh, 43 to 44% in year one. There's a disconnect somewhere. So is there a way to prepare so that somebody knows that, hey, if I'm going to take this interview, I know exactly where I can add value. Are you saying they need to go that deep in preparation so that when they walk into the interview, it is, listen, I know where I can add value. I know how I can help you solve this problem. Uh, is that a right? Is that the right approach? That is, that is the right approach. So, and I, I really believe what you're saying, Mike, and that everybody says prepare, prepare, prepare. Nobody really tells you how other than researching the company. So, okay, researching the company is a part of preparation, but the type of preparation that I'm talking about is getting really clear exactly on what you said in where you're going to add value. So that opening statement, like you can't prepare for every interview question, but a lot of common interview questions you can. And that opening statement's always gonna say, you know, give us your background and experience and why are you suited for the job? In that particular opening statement, the thing that you can do is practice it and say, here's what my background and experience and here are my greatest strengths I'll bring to the role. Knowing what the role expects and knowing your own strengths will really help you prepare for that question. And then I say, go one step further. Not only prepare for that question when it comes to um, just thinking about it, speak it out loud. If you actually speak questions out loud, you are going to be way more prepared for the interview. And you're going to see that those words flow so much better. So you're not stumbling over your words. Also, that you are bringing your best examples forward. Because not all strengths are created equally. Like you might, I'm guessing people come out of, you know, retired and from the military jobs, whatever types of jobs they came from. I mean, they probably just don't have three strengths, right? They have like 30 strengths. So which strengths are you going to really emphasize for that specific job and practice talking yeah, about You know, this next way. question, I, I, I was thinking as you were talking through this, like, you, you know, I, I've got to believe there's so many mistakes that you have seen people make in the interview process. Is there a common one that stands out for you? I, I mean, we talk about preparation. I've got to believe that people are not prepared as fully as they should be when they walk into an interview. But is is there a, another like big like if everybody could just not do this one thing, that would be awesome. <laughs> well, in my books, I have a list of like uh, 45 what not to do's. And I want you to tell you about 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 15 years ago, there were only 20. So there's, there's such such a variety of uh, mistakes thing, uh, mistakes that people make. But I think the biggest one is exactly what we talked about, which is um, not preparing. The second biggest thing I see is that people don't tailor the examples they give for all of the questions to the type of job they're applying for, which is another reason why preparation is so important. But for example, if you're interviewing, let's say you're interviewing for two companies, and I'm just going to use HR as an example since I'm in HR, two human resources job, one for company A, 
one for company B. Company A might look for some, is maybe is looking for someone who has a heavy learning and development, training, organizational development background. And that would be clear from the job description and also many times from talking to the recruiter in advance. Company B might say, you know what? We don't need that stuff. We just need someone who can clean it up, write pro pro policies and procedures, um, make sure that we have consistent processes. So that's two different types of people. Well, if you want a job and you know you're interviewing for company B, most of your examples should be tailored to what they're looking for. Many people go and they're just like, these, these are my examples and this is what I'm telling you. These are my examples, take it or leave it. Well, you need to be smarter about that and you need to be more strategic about it. Say, okay, I have 500 examples you know, of work, you know, I have 500 work examples and which ones are going to tell my story the best in terms of relationship to this job. So very similar to what I talked to about the resume, many people just say what they want to say and they really don't tie it to what the employer is looking for. Yeah, that I think is so important that you're talking about the storytelling piece of that. So if I say that I can add value in this piece, have a story to back it up that showcases how I did add value, correct? It, that is exactly right. How are you going to add value to me um, as the employer? And not all times is that totally clear. Sometimes it's a little bit of a guessing game. Nevertheless, you want to make sure that the examples that you're providing are the very best examples that you can provide, the best examples of your collaboration, the best examples of um, your leadership. And sometimes I think this is difficult um, for veterans, not because they don't have the skills, because my experience of people who've come out of military service is that they are outstanding at uh, leading people and also outstanding at really understanding process and understanding um, how to explain things and also delivering. So there are so many things that they are really, really outstanding at. Um, the, the key is making sure that the examples that they give about that are related to that specific work. So if you've only, in, and being in the military is not really much different from being only in one industry. So when I went to the casino industry, I only had education experience. So all of my examples were in the educational context. So I had to really work hard to find examples that were general enough that they applied to the casino industry. And I think that that's also a challenge for people that have been in the military is make sure that your examples are generalized enough that people can see you doing them in the um, in in the workplace. Yeah, see, that makes that makes sense. I, I think there's some other things that we struggle with, too, is, you know, when we join the military, we're essentially assigned a an identity right? Who we are, what we do, we've got a mission and purpose, and then we get out and we, all of that is, uh, is disconnected. We're disconnected from that life. And now we have to figure out, okay, now we're, now what do I do? Who am I? Where do I add value? Uh, with that, what, what makes veterans stand out on a resume to you? Well, I mentioned it, um, a little bit, but I think, just the complexity of the types of jobs that most veterans have um, working in a very large organization, not many, not many organizations that are larger than government and military. Um, and I think that 
as employers in general, and I, I, I don't know from personal experience, but um, I, I do know that um, my employers in the past are just so respectful of people that have had military experience that that really is a, I, I want to say a feather in their cap, if you will. So already, I think that you have people who um, really respect that in general. And I think that makes them stand out. Um, another thing that really, I think, a skill that veterans have that can easily be leveraged is um, the military really is fairly um, autocratic in a positive way, meaning um, military people understand hierarchy. They understand how to contribute to all levels of the organization. Um, and I think those are some things that some veterans really fail to capitalize on. Um, and really, the other part is the communication skill. I think that for the most part, most veterans are excellent at communicating clearly and effectively, probably better than most HR people <laughs> because mm, they're clear, clear, concise, um, you know, just very easy to, to understand. And I know that, that that sounds like maybe other people aren't. And, and the reality is it is a skill to be clear and concise and not everybody has that. So there's just so many um, skills that our veterans bring to the workplace and I think that um, making sure that they capitalize on that is important rather than just saying like, I was, you know, this rank, I was responsible for this, really capitalizing on those broad skills that are valuable to employers. Yeah, which I think is a great point because some people don't know what the rank means, right? I mean, to your point, if you've yes. never been uh, associated with the military, for somebody to say that I was an 06 or an 02 or an 03 means nothing, uh, to that individual, but maybe to craft it in a way that is understandable to the person who's interviewing. Right. How many people were you supervising? What did you lead? And then what leadership skills did you have? So rather than having the description of the job be very technical in nature, have it be very leadership oriented in nature. Yeah, I love that. So Stacy, you're helping people and you and I talked about this briefly, but you've got some great things going on for our audience. If they wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, I have a um, website. Uh, it's www.sensiblesolutions.net and they can you know, reach me via the website, but they can also just reach me at Stacy McIntosh at sensiblesolutions.net. And I'm happy to, you know, correspond with anybody, find me on my website, I have a LinkedIn profile, and I'm always interested in, you know, helping people in their job search. It's really my passion to level the playing field and make sure that everybody has the skills they need to put their best foot forward in the job search. I love that. I love that, Stacy. Stacy, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Want to learn more about Stacy or to get in touch with her, visit her website, sensiblesolutions.com. Be sure that you're doing that. If you're transitioning and want to discover your post-service identity, reach out to us at operationmilitaryfamily.com. We can discuss how to get you back on a pathway to success and have your best year ever after transition. Stacy, thanks again. 